0: on Blue Jays. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello Blue Jays fans and welcome to Lock On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headphones whether you're listening at home or at work or in the car or on a bike or um, what other places you could be? not school. it's like summer. come on um anyway, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. I am your host, Ryan Andrews of G's from the couch dot com, and I swear I'm not making this a habit, but as I kind of mentioned in the little opening intro there. Um, I had bikes on the bike, cause went and got a bike today, cause um I need to you know start not being a fat blob and not you know doing active things. So, in an effort to make it so I am not sore for three days after softball, you know I got a bike and I biked it for most of the early part of tonight's Blue Jays game, which we will focus on in the second half of today's podcast. But the bigger news of the day, and the one that probably has a bigger impact on the Blue Jays season, no offense to an 8-6 win over Baltimore, which, I mean, yay, win, more positivity. But obviously the bigger news came when uh Ken Giles was suddenly placed on the 10 day IL earlier today by the Blue Jays and um it wasn't it wasn't something that was completely out of the blue Giles did struggle a little bit with his wrist earlier this season but for it to go up to the elbow and for it to be inflammation that is worrying because um this is this is kinda how uh Ryan Tapera unraveled a little bit. And like Giles has still been great. Um Giles has been terrific. He is the Blue Jays all-star this season. He is the Blue Jays best trade chip this season. And that's going to be the biggest thing, I think. With this elbow issue, just how long it actually keeps Ken Giles out. Because the more it keeps Ken Giles out, the less likely that the Blue Jays are going to be able to get full value for him if they do decide to move him at the deadline. And then all of a sudden, like if you're the Blue Jays, like you are looking at trying to get pieces you need in a Justin Smoke who. Um, I was talking with Stephen Brown at DTSB underscore ninety eight earlier today, and the trade market for Justin Smoke isn't stellar. It's like Colorado, and then maybe Houston, and maybe uh, Los Angeles. It's it's tough. It's tough to find a spot for him. Um, so. With Giles kind of being on, on watch a bit. Let's let's say that because we don't want to want to jump full board and say, like this this is going to result in surgery, but um, it it obviously affects the Blue Jays bullpen, which it did tonight. And again, we're going to talk about that in the second half of the podcast. But it does really muddy up the Blue Jays' bullpen, and I actually got a question from Jason Schwabe at Schwabe um, who asked if Hudson, uh, if Daniel Hudson would be the closer over Joe Biagini while Giles is is out, or when he gets traded. I think that's the way the Blue Jays are going to go. If Daniel Hudson himself is not traded as well at the deadline, because the Blue Jays we're heavy reliever sellers, and Hudson's been pretty good over the past month. He looks to be more consistent so i uh, I think for now that Hudson is gonna get the call just because um he does have experience um tonight He earned his first save in t- almost three years, but he has experience. In that role, we've seen Joe Biagini in these kind of high-stress situations. It's not consistent enough with him in what he's able to do. He does have a tendency to give up home runs. So, I think Hudson gets that shot. If Hudson's traded and Giles is traded, then we have no clue how this Blue Jays bullpen is going to shake out. Maybe John Axford comes back up at that point. Maybe he's healed. Um... Yeah, it, it's um it's just uh it, it it gets very shaky. So, you know, obviously we want the Iceman to come back very quickly and you know restore stability to the back end of the bullpen at least until you know again he gets traded. But uh the silver lining I guess from the Ken Giles injury is that uh, a Canadian got to make his Blue Jays debut today. And that was Jordan Romano. And we'll talk about Romano now because, because we'll get into other stuff during our game chat. But um, Romano, um, I'd actually been talking uh, about him a little bit with Karen Suter at cheese from the couch um, who noted Uh, how effective Romano had been since converting to a full-time reliever in Buffalo. And when Romano was drafted in the rule five selection this season, Texas was looking at using him as a reliever. And you seen a significant uptick in his velocity going to that one inning kind of situation. And you know, tonight he was really good. He struck out the first two MLB batters he faced. And it's it's just another good story for the Blue Jays in a season that has been very bereft of them at times. So, you know, obvious, obviously it would have been nicer for Romano to make his debut at home. But, hey, um, I'm sure everyone in Markham is just ready and waiting for him to come back and, and make that appearance in the Rogers Center. Now, to make room for Romano on the 40-man roster, um, Clay Paul Coles was moved to sixty-day DL. Big shock. Um, Clay has not been healthy, and you would have thought, like, um, he would have shown something more than he did. Um... But there, there's there been little uh, movement from Clay since he hit the DL. So it's not a surprise that he goes to 60. Um, but yeah, no, just wanted to shout out uh, Jordan Romano there. Who knows? He could be the closer for the Blue Jays once Giles and Hudson are gone. Actually, I'd probably give it to uh, Justin Schaefer over Romano. But those are questions for later in the season. But... Until then, we have tonight's uh, game to talk about, and we will do so right after this break. But just a reminder that this show today is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends trip. It doesn't matter... If Julian went to France and got to cycle a stage in the Tour de France, it was probably one of the like flat stages where it's all like farmland and he probably crashed into a hay bale and had to be pulled out by a farmer and, you know, just, just looking silly, but hey, you don't have to hate like that moment for Julian. You can book your own trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere, So, Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. You are locked on, Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back. So, Blue Jays won. Yay! Edwin Jackson got a win. Yay! He didn't allow more than five runs. Yay! Yay! Um, the opener strategy seemed to work with Derek Law, so yay! Um, to Tellez hit a grand slam. Yes! Awesome. Even more awesome. Sustained offensive pressure from the Blue Jays. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. doing things. Getting production from the bottom of the order. Great. Like, it's so many positives there for, for the Blue Jays. Like the, like even, even with Edwin Jackson giving up those two runs, like you couldn't ask for a better first seven innings for the Blue Jays. And again, we want to, we want to focus on the positive here. So, um, Rowdy in the seven slot tonight, huge grand slam went two for five. Obviously, it's what he's in to do. And I honestly don't know why Baltimore keeps using Miguel Castro against the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays know Miguel Castro very well, and they keep teeing off on him. So I will never understand that. But the fact that Telez was able to do that and just, you know, really put the exclamation point on that inning. Heck, Luke Maley had a two for three day with a walk. He was on base three times. That's huge. That like the one of the biggest hallmarks of the Blue Jays offense is just how miserable it's been going through like six, seven, eight, nine in that lineup and how little production they got. But the fact that a guy like Luke Maley was able to have a good day and and Kevin Biggio walked twice and those guys were able to get on base so a guy like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can do damage. A guy like Lourdes Gurriel can do damage. That's what the Blue Gees need to see: that top-to-bottom offensive consistency that you know doesn't give opposing teams a free inning to just like blow sliders by someone or blow fastballs by someone because they know they're not going to catch up. So, a very nice day for the offense, even. Even some of the Blue Jays who didn't get a hit. Like I said, Biggio had two walks. Smoke had two walks. That was a plus. The, the only real negative on the day, um, probably Randall Gritchuk and the four strikeouts today. The, um, the golden sombrero for Gritch, which I, I've seen it a lot out of them. Like, I know this is how baseball is played in this day and age, but Randall, if you're going to be the number four hitter, you have to be able to make contact with the ball at some point. You are you are a paid man now. You are $10 million a year guy. You can't be going out there and fishing like that, especially against an Orioles team. That is bad. So bad. Like, David Skitten getting, getting torched. Miguel Castro getting torched. Evan Phillips, Um, is, is he the guy from that play? Whatever. He got torched. Dan Straley had a good night against the Blue Jays, which I guess good for him. He got his ERA below eight. Um, But yeah, let's, let's talk about what happened in the eighth inning for the Blue Jays. Now, I said in the first half that not having Ken Giles was kind of going to throw the bullpen into disarray a little bit. And, admittedly, with an 8-2 lead, Charlie Montoyo probably thought it was safe. Like, hey, let's bring Elvis out. Like, it's not really going to matter. Elvis faced three batters and only got one of them out. Not a good night for him. Fine. So, in comes Joe Biagini. And, as I talked about in the first half, Joe Biagini not showing the consistency that is needed in a late-inning guy... Unable to to really keep um, Elvis's runners from scoring, he walked the next batter he faced, and then Chance Cisco again. Like he's raised his he's raised his batting average like two hundred points. That's an exaggeration. It's only been one hundred points that Chance Cisco has raised his batting average in the past two days against the Blue Jays, but. Um, just, just unable to to keep inherited runners in check, and that's that's a problem. That's why I don't think Joby Eugene is going to be a closer. He's just a reliever. Then Tim Mesa comes in. He's supposed to get one guy, the lefty, and nope, couldn't do it. Gave up a hit. So Daniel Hudson has to come in and. Give Daniel Hudson credit. He battled hard through that. He threw 27 pitches to get four outs, and three of them were strikeouts. Like he was still chucking 95, 96, 97 on those Orioles batters in the ninth. Just, just the the, the belief in himself to just sit Trey Mancini down like it was nothing. So that I'm I am happy to see that I. I think Hudson will be all right as the Blue Jays closer. I just kind of miss him as that earlier inning option as a fireman, which is what um, losing Ken Giles does to this team. Also, um, just another final shout out to Edwin. Um, despite the only allowing two runs in five innings, still a four-digit ERA for Edwin Jackson. He's at 10-22 now. So... Edwin since you're going to be around i believe in you i think you can get it down below 10 so we'll wait for you next time out i think he avoids houston which is good cuz houston was definitely not going to help lower that era so we will see what happens with edwin next time out he will likely face uh do, 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 do. Um, who do they have after Houston? I had this up. Oh, the Angels. Oh, well, yeah, Mike Trout. That'll totally help. Anyway, just bask in the glory of this. Bask in the glory of a St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup win. Bask in the glory that Boston did not win the Stanley Cup. I know I am. Um, But yeah, if you want to bask in the glory with me, hit me up on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. You can do it like Steven and Jason did tonight. Again, thank you guys so much for getting in touch and and sharing your thoughts. Always appreciated here. Doors is open for anyone who wants to do so. Um, follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnJays. On, um, you can do so on Instagram and Facebook as well. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. I recommend Himalaya. It's free it's super easy to use it curates podcasts for you it it helps you like keep the stream going so you don't have to you know try and think about it or try and search through like apple podcasts or google podcasts or whatever um you can get locked on Jay's there of course um also spotify stitcher basically everywhere else you can get podcasts um so feel free to do so and we will be back again. Probably going to record while it's daylight out. That that would be nice, um, as opposed to these uh, these um, West Coast friendly editions of the podcast. But until tomorrow, when we get to see Marcus Stroman try and out duel Gabriel Noah. Enoa, sorry. Um. Yeah, I'm sure that will go well. Anyway, until then, for everyone here at the Lockdown Podcast Network and for everyone at JaseFromTheCouch dot com, I'm still Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode, and y'all take care.